Welcome back. It's Rufus Williams here on The Morning Show. And before I introduce my next guests who are in the studio with me, I just wanted to say in my conversation about Earl B. Dickerson and the portrait that's of him at the University of Chicago Law School, the the artist is Sean Michael Warren, a Chicagoan uh, who was found by Andre and Francis Gichard, who worked really hard um, on getting this project done. But Sean Michael Warren did the portrait, beautiful portrait, great young man. Uh, Thank you, Sean, for doing that. Sorry I slipped on your name. But speaking of um, a gentleman who founded the beta chapter of Kappa Alpha Psi at University of Illinois, I am pleased today to be joined by these two distinguished gentlemen. I have the chancellor of the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, Robert J. Jones, and the vice chancellor for diversity, equity, and inclusion, Sean Garrick joining me here. Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome to WVON. Welcome back Good to morning. you, Chancellor. Good morning. Great pleasure to be here. Glad to have you. So talk, tell us, you, we <coughs> spent a lot of time talking about what was going on, going on at the university last time you were here. Update us. It's been a month. How's school going? How are things? How's the football team? <laughs> <laughs> you would go there, wouldn't you? Uh, school is going well. We are very, very pleased that uh, a little bit more than a week ago, we got the official, what we call the 10-day number. We don't announce what the enrollment is until after the 10th day of instruction. And much to our surprise, we knew the enrollment was going to be high, but it is the highest in the history of the university wow. and probably uh, and uh, across the board. It's at 56,299. I was fully expecting to be about 54,000 plus up from 53, uh, 100 and something last year. But we had a very substantive increase across the board, first year students increase. We normally, you know, have about 7,600, 7,700 first year students. We had 8,300 or so. And uh, more graduate students uh, um, and uh, about uh, uh, twenty, more than twenty percent of the students are first-generation college students. Twenty percent from underrepresented background, so a very, very diverse group of students, and it sends a very strong message that you know uh, people across the state and across the country still value and in the world value in Illinois education. Our international enrollments are back up again, so we're very, very excited to have such a large number of students back on campus. Uh, in face-to-face instruction, and that is going extremely well so far, Rufus. We've had uh, our positivity rates are lower than what they were this time last year because of our requiring and mandating vaccinations, and uh, we have a surveillance testing program in place that allows us to test hot spots when we understand that there's a high frequency of positivity cases in certain dormitories. We require everybody, whether they're vaccinated or not, to uh, test three to three times a week and sometimes every day until the positivity levels go back down. And uh, so it's working real well so far. Uh, knock on wood, we certainly hope that we can complete this year the way that we uh, started it with this face-to-face instruction and keeping our community safe. So a lot of good things happening. What do you attribute this increase in enrollment to? I think a couple of things is that you are seeing uh, many places across the country, depending upon the type of institutions, uh, people are returning 
to colleges and universities. It was not true uh, across the board, uh, but I think a part of it has to do with how we've tried to brand and market ourselves and uh, increase accessibility, you know, through things that we talked about, like the Illinois commitment. Just a, a reflection of how we've tried to make sure people understand you can get an amazing education at Illinois at an affordable price. So that's all part of, uh, I think, the environment that we've created that has really helped our enrollment. Our enrollment has been increasing almost every year in the five years that I've been here. Not this large of an increase. I don't think any of us anticipated to be that large. But we knew something was up when we had almost 9,000 students who had tentatively accepted our offer to enroll in the university. And uh, you always have a little bit of melt over this number, of course. But to end up with about 8,300 or so, record number of transfer students as well. So I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we really have put forth the image that you can get an amazing education at an affordable price. It is certainly a wonderful school, our flagship institution for the state of Illinois, just an amazing uh, university. I think I shared with you last time you were here that while I attended an HBCU, the HBCU down in uh, Baton Rouge or Southern, um, my wife went to Illinois, and her brother went to Illinois, and her sister went to Illinois, and her cousin went to Illinois. So we're pretty steeped in our family with um, with graduates from, from the <coughs> University of Illinois. There was also, I happened to play golf with a couple guys from Illinois um, on Saturday who mentioned that there was a time when Illinois was rated as the number one party school in the, in the country. I said, Illinois, that shocked me. I was, uh, or maybe it was the number one party school in the Big Ten. But that one, that one pretty much surprised me. I trust that's not the case anymore. It is not the case anymore. And, in fact, uh, we just had a presentation from the systems uh, vice president for uh, pu- public affairs and communication. And she had this word cloud that from 2020, uh, uh, 2019, 2020, 2021, and the word party has kind of disappeared from that word cloud. <laughs> um and, you know, there's a lot that goes into that designation that yeah. doesn't mean the place is not a good academic institution. But uh, we encourage our students to fully immerse themselves in the student experience. And part of that uh, occurs outside of the classroom. And some of it involves, uh, you know, having a good time and socializing. And we encourage that. But uh, we're, we're, we've shed that reputation for the most part of being a party school because there's the other side of that coin that talks about uh, one of the highest six-year graduation rates in the country. Uh, the highest rate among uh, underrepresented students is only about five percentage point different between majority students and underrepresented students in terms of four-year and six-year graduation rates, and there's not many places in the Big Ten uh, or any of our peer institutions that can say that. So the image of being a party school uh, is just one of many variables people look at, but the one that matters most to me and my colleague here is uh, the fact that we can offer an affordable education at an amazing uh, price. You get access to the university, but more importantly, you get access to a degree. Indeed, I was shocked to hear it because I never, I always thought of Illinois as being a serious school of, of instruction. So um, just to hear that was, was really surprising to me. But I do want to talk about it. You've mentioned a couple times 
the underrepresented underrepresented students who are now at the University of Illinois and the percentages that are there. So we'll bring Sean into that conversation to talk a lot more <coughs> about that. I've got to take this first break, uh, this next break for traffic and weather, and we'll pick in. And Chancellor, you mentioned this uh, 20% underrepresented group that's now comprising uh, the campus at the University of Illinois. And Sean, you're the Vice Chancellor for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Talk to us about what that is and what you do and how that impacts these students at the University of Illinois. Surely. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I think our, uh, the, the role of our office is to really make the campus as welcoming a place as possible and as inclusive a place as possible and as diverse a place as possible for both students but for folks who work and live there as well. Um, if we think about diversity, it means broadening, you know, the, the different um, folks who are there. We could think of it in terms of gender, racial, ethnic um, uh, makeup, religion, and so on. Um, if we think about um, uh, equity, it's what to make sure that we give the opportunities that are available to a rich, uh, diverse place like Illinois, the um, opportunities to learn, to grow, to develop, to everyone who would come there. Um, and then inclusion is how well do we actually do those things? If we look, for example, at folks who are in the third year of an engineering program, are they are the black students thriving as well as the white students? Are the Latino, Hispanic students getting as many internships as the other students and so on? Um, but we're also turning our attention to how do we make sure that, as the Chancellor mentioned, graduation rates are very important. The the upstream end of that is making sure we recruit as diverse a group of folks as possible. So making sure that we get in front of the um, K-12 system to make sure that underrepresented students know what university life is truly like. Because one of the best things, to, one of the most significant things to impact their success is the degree to which they feel comfortable on campus. Um, and that is something we can affect vis-a-vis. -vis. We have a program called the Illinois Scholars Program where, for example, we bring in um, underrepresented students, low-income students, students from low-sending counties across the state for roughly, I think it's three weeks over the summertime. And we help them get familiar with the campus, build a uh, camaraderie with their other students such that they have the things that folks whose parents went to college, whose siblings went to college, that level of comfort and familiarity, it's present with the students who didn't have those familiar or community experiences. And the results of that program is it's wildly successful. We see first year retention rates above 93, above 95%, second year retention rates above 88%. And uh, just for, 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 for reference, if you're not that well versed in these numbers, those are the types of numbers you see at places like Yale, Stanford, MIT, Princeton, and so on. And this is exactly what the students, again, who don't have that sort of um, you know, f familiarity with the college process or, or what it means to go to a university. So when, for example, you know, um, Thanksgiving comes along and the semester's starting to get long and they go home, they see their family and they start to miss their family. And, you know, you come back after that and you realize, okay, this is a time when you really have to, you know, go through that crunch of getting ready for your finals and so on. You know, they've had that experience. They, we've put them in touch with students who are either one or two years ahead of them. Um, we let them know what the resources are in terms of either studying or just, um, you know, community campus resources so that they feel that they have a right to be here as anyone else. And it's been wildly successful. So when you mentioned the other institutions that have rates that high, 
when you think about the Yales and the Harvards and the Princetons, those are students who come in that are fully college ready. Great. They have been primed from birth to go. But when you talk about the underrepresented students and those who you're bringing in who may not have had that same lineage in their family to be ready for college, then um, to have rates that high is truly remarkable when you think about where you're coming from. When you look around and begin to um, to share and, and get into the K-12 to environment, are you primarily dealing in the state of Illinois? Are you spending outside of the state? Are you focusing on the bigger cities like Chicago and Rockford? And I don't know if East St. Louis is still considered a bigger city, but I know when you look for diversity, these are the places that you might look. Is it those places that you focus or where are you? It's, it, it's statewide with an emphasis on the communities that you just mentioned simply because they are the ones producing the largest number of students, which means then that if we are successful here in Chicago, in East St. Louis, in Rockford, and so on, the yield that we would get would be much more impactful. But it is, it is absolutely statewide because it's the land-grant mission of the university. We serve the entire state. Um, so we have to make sure that we make this excellent, affordable education um, not just available in terms of it's there, but have folks know and really feel personally invited that this is their institution. Now, Chancellor, is this a new uh, role, a new office, the Office of Equity, <coughs> Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, and Sean, the first one there, What and what made this important to you? It is not a new role in terms of uh, mission, uh, but what's substantively different, uh, you know, about five years ago when I came here, uh, was very quickly revealed to me that we had a lot of effort and a lot of work in equity and diversity, but I wasn't sure if we were getting, number one, the return on the investments in terms of the actual number of students that were attracted to the university and how we were serving them. But the most important thing, it was very clear to me that I needed a chief diversity officer at the highest level in the administrative structure. When I came here, it was an associate vice chancellor didn't have much of a budget, didn't have uh, staff to really carry out the very fine work that Sean and his team have orchestrated over the last 24-plus months or so. So the first thing, the first request for hire that I submitted to the system office was this position, to raise it from an associate chancellor position to a vice chancellor position and to make sure that it had the budgetary resources and the staff to lay out a big vision, a compelling vision across the whole university and to create the structure to help colleges and uh, academic support units be very, very thoughtful in laying out their uh, diversity and equity goals and objectives. So this is, Sean is the first person to be the vice chancellor in this role. And, uh, you know, he has a reasonable budget to get his work done. I'm sure he would, he wants more. But I can tell you, he's put a, a lot of structure in place. And I would go so far to submit, I think we have the best equity and diversity office among our peers anywhere in this country. I would, And I've been around this work for darn near 25 years now. And so I know what diversity looks like when it's working, when it's working across the agenda. And so we're very proud of what uh, Sean has been able to build in a relatively short period of time. He's just a little bit over his second year. He's just started his third year in this job, and we've already seen a lot of transformational changes uh, that have occurred and a deeper understanding and commitment, I think, to diversity, equity, and inclusion across the entire university and the strategic partnerships that we are 
farming as well that's going to really help not only us recruit more students but make sure they have an amazing experience when they come here. So, Well, certainly at a school like University of Illinois, you and I both went to HBCU, so we didn't have the issue of diversity. We got there, right. and we melded right in just because. But coming into the University of Illinois, certainly um, looking at a majority white institution and many of our students coming from, certainly coming from Chicago where we have uh, geographical boundaries and there may be schools that are predominantly black, and you come into a university environment like a University of Illinois, and it is intimidating simply because you're there with a lot of others. And so to have this focus on equity and inclusion is so critical in making that a comfortable position for everyone who's there. I want to talk more a bit about, Sean, where you were before you got there, why you're doing this work, and how pervasive it, how you work within all of the different parts of the university to make that happen. I've got to take this break for WBON News, and we'll pick this up right after the break. Welcome back. It's Rufus Williams here on The Morning Show. I am talking with the gentleman who run the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign, Chancellor Robert Jones, and Vice Chancellor of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, Sean Garrick. I wish you guys could have been here for our conversation in the break. We, <laughs> we covered some pretty pretty interesting things. But before um, before the break, Sean, I just was just think thoughtful about how your work is impacting each part of the university. Talk about that, son. Absolutely. Um, you know, when we think about diversity, equity, inclusion, I think it's easy to think, a natural thing about students. But, you know, um, a student's experience is um, largely impacted by the people they meet. And um, going to school at a four-year university, you spend a lot of time in the classroom. And the person standing at the front and he, she, they are modeling um, the appropriate behavior. They're, they're leading you as you discover the subject matter. And one thing that we know is that for underrepresented students, they, their sense of comfort and them really getting to know themselves is really deeply connected to seeing someone in the classroom who looks like them or comes from backgrounds um, that are similar to theirs, experiences similar to theirs. So we've been paying a lot of attention to making sure that we recruit as diverse a faculty and staff cohort as possible, but then also as we retain them. And a lot of retention comes down to helping them serve the students' needs. You know, if you have students who need extra time, for example, about um, certain subject matter that may go beyond, let's say, the, the time allocated for the day, you want to help support the faculty who would be called on to, to support those students. So in, the, in instances like that, we work with um, the, the office of the provost, who's the chief academic officer of the university, to help um, make aware of uh, these situations or these needs to, to faculty. We also work with the office of uh, the vice chancellor for student affairs to really um, give a bit more light to the lived experiences of students on campus. How are they getting along with their um, student peers, right, both, um, let's say, same sex, same gender, same ethnicity, but also the broader community. As, as the Chancellor mentioned, we have one of the most diverse campuses in the entire Big Ten, diverse in the country. How do we make sure that every student, every faculty member, every staff member benefits from that diversity? It's not simply about having more Hispanic students be amongst more Hispanic students or more white students, but everyone truly benefiting. We have a fantastic group of students from Asia. You know, They come here because of the excellent um, reputation, the academic reputation of the campus. But again, 
when, when they arrive, they're immediately immersed in a very cosmopolitan, very diverse culture on campus. We want to, everyone to know that inclusivity is not the burden of myself or Chancellor Jones or any one student. It's everyone's job. It's everyone's responsibility to share the wealth, so to speak. So you, um, we deal with this issue of students of color. Uh, we're here at WVON, and I personally like black, but you talk about underrepresented. Define what underrepresented is. Um, underrepresented, it's, 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 it's varied. So we may think of it, um, uh, the, the simplest way is to think about it from a representation or a statistical sense. Um, you may say, okay, if, for example, the population of Illinois is 20% black, one might expect to see 20% black students on campus. Same thing for Latino, Hispanic, and so on. But then you also have to look at historically, right? What are some of the challenges that students have faced being on campus? If you go far back enough, for example, you'll see that Jewish students faced significant challenges being on campus. They were excluded um, from living on campus and a number of campuses across the country. For example, that's how Hillel, the student focusing student serving organization, was started at Illinois. It's an international organization. Um, you see that Native American students are underrepresented, both in terms of rep- statistical representation, but then also the challenges they faced. We also know that rural students um, are not uh, terribly well represented on, on, on campuses, college campuses across the country, Illinois as well. So it, it's not simply about race, it's not simply about gender, ethnicity, or religion, but it's how all of these things interact to ensure that the university is serving the broad constituency of the state. So your work is to ensure that everyone there has an equal, constructive, positive experience. Absolutely. It's a great university. How do we make sure that as many people take advantage of it as possible? Got it. So uh, I'm glad that, you, that you're here now for, I think, the third time. Um, hopefully you'll keep coming back because I think that the audience is listening to WVON is an audience that could really benefit from what takes place at the University of Illinois. Um, I'm told that it, we're getting close to the time that I have to lose you all, but I have to ask you this question before you go. Um, how, we, how can we get more black students to the University of Illinois? Well, um, you know, it's, it's challenging, but it's a challenge that we're up to and that we're absolutely committed to. Because uh, let me give you just one example. Sean mentioned the fact that one of the things that we're often the benchmark that's always used to compare how well we're doing is the fact that, you know, after decades of efforts to try to get more black students uh, at the university, we are still not on par with the 17 percent of the blacks that are represented in this state. And so that's the constant benchmark that we always compared against. You know, we're not at 17%, uh, but uh, we are working hard every year to increase the representation of students. But what oftentimes is overlooked, and I know the role that you played in K-12 education and the uh, school board here, and I think you would agree that one of the things that uh, often is overlooked is the fact that Universities are kind of the downstream end of this challenge of getting more black kids into education. And unless you're working equally, if not doubly hard, on the uh, upstream strategies, 
making sure that more kids are exposed to pre-K. They're reading by third grade and doing math by fourth grade, and that they are on the path to be college ready by the time that they graduate. And sometimes um, those that challenge is oftentimes not taken into consideration when the facts are looked at in terms of where we are trying to diversify the university versus uh, what's happening with college readiness rate, Ruth. I think you know very well the college readiness rates are declining. Right. Uh, in not only Chicago, but many other places around the country, as well as the graduation rates, you know, for African-American students in particular. And so it's a challenging problem when you have to create an, strategies to effectively recruit more underrepresented students in an environment where, and I hate this word pipeline, but for lack of a better term, when the pipeline of qualified students is diminishing precipitously, and um, it's going to cause a big problem for us. We're greatly concerned about it. We're trying to do our part, and that's one of the reasons I recently hired uh, a new chief of staff. He's also the associate dean of the College of Education at the University of Illinois. Uh, Dr. Chris Spann is his name. Chris is a uh, uh, Illinois product, you know, a, a student of the University of Illinois, and um, uh, Jim Anderson, uh, world-famous College of Education dean, uh, Jim Anderson. He studied under him as well as a number of other people. But part of Chris's charge is to help us develop a pre-K through 12 strategy. Mm -hmm. Because I can't sit here as a chancellor of one of the largest research universities in the country, definitely the largest uh, university in the state. We educate more students at Urbana and Champaign at the undergraduate level than any other place in the state on a percentage basis. And we're proud of that, but it's becoming increasingly challenging because of this upstream problem that's not being sufficiently addressed. And so we don't exactly know what we're going to do, but we're going to have a concerted effort to start working on early childhood education, start working with uh, teacher preparation colleges to try to change the curriculum and change the understanding of how do you prepare teachers to teach in diverse audience. I know all of this stuff is not new to you, given the time that you spend on school boards, but it's, we just don't have a strategy. And uh, we do have to, we will be launching an effort on uh, college readiness. Uh, Sean will tell you that was one of the things that I did during my tenure at Minnesota. I started the Office for College Readiness. And it still operates today as a mechanism to get more kids. How do you get everybody in the state? How do you get all educational institutions to take some ownership for the issue of college readiness? Mm -hmm. And um, and so we're going to be embarking upon this because it is absolutely critical, we think, to the future success of the university, to our equity diversion agenda. And um, people have to understand that there's no magic switch you can flip. When you start talking about changing some of these things, you're talking about at least a 20-year uh, kind of time frame to really bring about the change if you started yesterday. Right. And uh, the problem is we keep kicking this can down the road, and nobody wants to step up and take ownership of it. But I'm planning to do what I can during the time that I have left as the chancellor of this university to not be one of those chancellors slash presidents that sits on the sideline and point fingers, 
you know, as superintendents or school boards or school system, we have to do what we can as a research university and as a university committed to public engagement to really step up and partner with others to bring some solutions to bear, and we better start as soon as we can. Because the step, the first step is the is the one that has to be taken in this twenty year journey, and if nobody ever takes it, then it just gets pushed further and further That's back. That's exactly right. I'm glad you're there. I'm glad you guys came in and visited with us. And if any way I can or we can be helpful in this journey, uh, let us know. We're with you. Well, uh, we appreciate the opportunity to have this uh, platform, if you will, uh, because we're trying to increase our presence here, and. Uh, WVLN is a major mechanism by which we can get our message out to those that care and those that want to see us succeed and want to be helpful in that regard. Let's keep talking about it. I wish you nothing but success. Thank and you. to your students. Thank you. Thank you, sir. We'll take this break. Um, our gentleman will leave us. We'll come back and we'll talk about